have arrived in the building today. Okay. Yes, this sir. Is the, this is the Chuck and Shoop show. What's up? Your boy, Shoop. And your boy, Chuck. And I'm ready to rock. And we are ready to rock on this fine Tuesday, February 21st. There's no NFL to talk about. Nope. Wrong. Wrong. We got mock draft coming up. Part two. Picks 11 through 21. Who's picking those picks? You'll find out. In addition, we got a little bit of college basketball preview. Hmm. I smell some madness. Some mm. madness mm. coming up next month. It smells good. Mm. It smells like fresh ravioli, doesn't it, Chef? Oh, it does. I am so ready. But you know what else smells nice? A couple of dubs and L's. Yes. Fresh out the oven. It's going to be a little NBA-themed dubs and L's between me and Chuck today. I'm going to start off by giving my W to uh, Adam Silver. Hmm. Not not because he's the best commissioner in the major sports leagues, because he is. Um, not because Not because he somehow exudes confidence despite that gleaming bald head of his. Um, but this is <laughs> it for, for something in particular this week that he unveiled before the All-Star game started, which is what I've denoted as the human highlight reel. So I'll put a link in the description in this one, but essentially the NBA has now developed technology where you can do a full body scan of somebody and insert them into any NBA highlight. So let's say you love LeBron's uh, dunk over Jason Terry. Yes. And you want to be Le- and you want to be LeBron. Well, if you do a full body scan, it'll measure um, LeBron's body movements, your body movements, and basically put you in the highlight. So let me just—I don't even have to say how much potential this unlocks with. With the memes, with the um, just the overall creativity you can do, you can make bloopers of your friends, mm. uh, making bad plays, maybe like the Brandon Knight miss layup or something, yeah. or Brandon I get or Brandon Knight getting dunked on. Like any of those be funny, and I think it's just great technology. I mean, I, I haven't I've seen like I've seen the NFL do something kind of similar where like the NFL has like players take pictures with fans like they look like the real players mm-hmm. but nothing like where you can impersonate actual highlights so credit to adam silver and credit to the nba revolutionizing today's technology and using it for good for fun so w to you adam silver yes big w i think that and it looked cool too when i saw it i thought it was it was hilarious and it was pretty cool um my dub is actually Mac McClung, uh, the dunk contest, I think, is revived. It's not completely revived. It's it's just better for the time being. I'm not going to say it's completely back. Uh, did he revive it? Yes. But, like, is he bringing the dunk contest back? Not really as a whole. I think we'll always have the conversation. More stars need to be in it. Like, Levine needs to come back. Aaron Gordon. Um, John Morant needs to be in it. Dude's got hops for days. So a bunch of stars definitely need to be in it, but not to take the shine away from McClung. He did put on a show. I was watching it. 
And this dude was doing fucking 720 dunks. Like, and he's only 6'2". He's not, like, really tall or anything. And dude's got fucking hops. Uh, Drewski, comedian um, on TikTok and, and um, stand-up comedian, he was, like, filming him after a dunk. And he was like, oh, they're about to drug test him after this. They're going to drug test him after this. And I was like, the guy is actually unreal. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do drug test him because that was an awesome dunk contest. Yeah, and uh, bonus L to Jericho Sims for putting his elbow through the basket. Classic, yeah. And looking like and then looking like he did the greatest dunk in the world and thrilling absolutely nobody. So yeah, nope. classic New York classic New York Knicks. Mm. Classic New York Mediocrity. Knicks. All right. So an, another L um, to the city of Salt Lake. Um, the saltiest city in America. Yeah. Um, also possibly the most racist city in America. Uh, so Salt Lake City, I mean, there was an article that came out, I believe it was on the SDM, about how Utah was trying to change the perceptions of what playing in Utah was like with this all-star break. You know, players in the past didn't want to go to Utah because, because it was, you know, not the most fun city in the world for a young 20-something making millions of dollars, mm. which it still isn't. That's not going to change. But the NBA, you know, I mean, Salt Lake City thought, hmm, you know what would make players want to play here more? A little humor. How about some uh, racist humor? Uh, so, like, listen, I'm not one to cry anything that's racist, but yeah, if you saw this uh, celebrity lookalike cam that they had, and uh, Simu Liu, who, to be honest, I really didn't know who he was. I know he's in Marvel, so he's apparently yeah, a pretty, pretty famous Asian actor. But they put his lookalike next to some this random Asian guy who was at least thirty pounds chubbier than than Simu Liu. It wasn't even close. It wasn't remotely Jesus. close. Like like if they had put like if they put like two random white people or two random black people next to each other like that, like if they put like Justin Timberlake with Mac McClung, mm. like like or something like Bow Wow and like John Moran, like something just stupid random. That's not yeah, Everyone, not a good look. Yeah, like it would be so obviously bad, but like yet you do this, and it's like they've never seen Asian before in Utah, like ever. I um, I need to see this video. I actually miss this, but I need to see yeah, how bad no, it is. There's no there's no video. It's, it's just a picture. I'll put up the picture here for mm-hmm. people watching at home. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 so bad. Um, so it's like Utah trying to be that uh, cool dad with the memes, you know? Like I'm tip too. It felt really bad. Short. Sure. I mean, the All Star Weekend was pretty good overall, but this was a bad look for Utah for hosting a, um, an All Star game again. So L to you, Salt Lake City, and what do you got? Yes, um, I think I will stay in Salt Lake City because. That whole weekend was, I think, an L of itself, uh, the All-Star weekend. Um, Now, I know there's, like, this personification of, like, you know, resting up for the season, you know, guys sitting out, load management and shit like that. And then you go on to watch the All-Star game. And I'm sorry, like, I don't know. I haven't really been watching the All-Star game every year, but I actually sat down and watched this one. And it was probably like the most boring thing I've ever watched. It was like if I was watching a bunch of high schoolers play a pickup game and then they just trade um, fucking 40 foot threes just going back and forth. Like Tatum had like 14 threes and like guys were just basically letting him shoot in their face. And I guess it was cool. But like 
at the same time, you didn't really see a lot of flashy dunks or alley-oops or anything. Like, LeBron started playing defense mid-game and, like, started blocking shots. And then, like, people were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, it just – it wasn't a good look. And then also in the beginning, they started this with a pre-draft, and then they they drafted the reserves for first. Huge L for Giannis. He was up there, and he was like, okay, I'm going to take Ja Morant. And Ja Morant wasn't even up there because he was with the <laughs> starters and they were picking the res- reserves at that point. So I think it was – and then you, if you look at guys in the background, like people don't even – like players don't even want to be there. You could just like tell players don't want to be there. They'd rather be out like probably partying or like just chilling, hanging out with their significant other or whatnot, whatever they want to do. So like why don't we just like erase that weekend or like just have like – uh, we have it after the season where it's like a an all-star fucking Pro Bowl and have these guys fucking play the games and actually watch some good quality basketball because that was a shit show and they need to do something else about it. I got a way to fix the all-star weekend real quick. Um, instead of an all-star game where people just shoot around for funsies, why don't we make a 1v1 tournament? You know, we always get... Yeah, seriously, questions. or king play King of the Hill or something, or 3v3. We always get these questions like, who would win 1v1, Durant versus LeBron, you know, and people debate for days. Why not Why not make that like a reality? Why not actually see that and put like, you know, everyone pulls in some money so they all have some incentive for it and they all play for this big prize to win a 1v1 tournament. That would work for everybody. That would be entertaining. I'd watch mm-hmm. that. I don't watch yeah. the All-Star game. There's nothing, there's nothing exciting about the All-Star game. Three-point competition <laughs> was the most exciting. And that's that's like the le- that's like the least you expect to be exciting. Yep, you're telling me. Um, okay, well, let's get this some excitement. Um, yeah, March Madness is around the corner. You know, yes, this happens every year. Once Super Bowl ends, everyone is like, you know, a little shook. Like, oh, where do our where do, where do our sports go? What do we do? What do we do? I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay. Oh, the best the best uh, playoffs in all sports is coming up in yes. less than a month. And I couldn't be more excited for it this year because uh, it, the, the, the competition is just wide freaking open. I mean, mm-hmm. up, ranked teams getting upset every single week, which makes you think, are there even any ranked teams at this point? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, like, your, your top tier teams. But every, besides the one seed, you know, once you go to the two seed, it's like a complete just, like, array of just, like, pretenders. But we're gonna sort that out here. Who are our contenders and who are our pretenders? Chuck, I know we talked I know you had a lot of opinions about pretenders and pretenders, but Yes, I do. I want I want you to pick your three let's start with the contenders. Your three strongest contenders of the three, list of teams you gave me. Three strongest contenders. So right off the bat, I'm going with the defending champions, Kansas. Um, even though they did lose, I think, two starters in the beginning of the season, um, they did go off to a rocky start. But now I think this team is exploding. Like, Grady Dick is sick, and that name is sick. My boy Grady Dick, like, that's my boy. Just went off last night for, like, 19 points against um, TCU, and they won the game. And then also they have uh, Jalen Wilson. He fucking balls out. And their whole starting five is good, too. Um, I forgot the freshman's name is like twenty number twenty four Davis or something, but Kansas still has the top guys. They still have the one of the best coaches in the land, 
And I think this team is f- destined for the final four as of right now, after watching them last night, take care of a TCU team that beat the bridges off of them last time they meet. Um, and they beat, and they beat them last night at TCU's place. Uh, another contender that I'd like to look out for is Alabama. Now the SEC, um, looks like one of the top conferences in the league right now. Um, they got teams like Alabama, Tennessee, uh, who else? Uh, missing one. Um, Alabama, Auburn's Tennessee, good, Auburn's good. Yeah, those are the, the three ranked right now that I remember. And then with Alabama, they have one conference loss, and it was a loss on an, at an away – I forgot who it was. I think it was Texas A&M, but they, or it was Arkansas. But they have one conference loss – and I think this team um, forgot who one of the starting players, but I think that team is also going to go far to a final four. And then my third contender overall, this one, the like it's kind of a sneaky one because I'm going to throw out a sneaky team right now. Northwestern. Now Northwestern's mm-hmm. come off of like a, like a three out of their two, two out of their three wins that they just had are top 10 opponents. It was Purdue and I forgot the other team, but they're fucking hot right now, and nobody can stop them. So I'm looking for those three teams to make a run. Yes. Uh, I like all those choices. Um, so I'll give three different contenders for mine, um, which you might agree with, you might not. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston is currently number one team in the land, and I like Houston like well before the start of the season. Um, who knew that the competition would dry out this much? But uh, Marcus Sasser, he's one of – he'll be the player to watch in the tournament. Um, and he's got tournament experience. He's been far with this Houston team before. Uh, and Houston's got a lot of a lot of unselfish players on their team. Uh, they're top 20 in offense and defense this year. And it doesn't seem like there's a team that – it's scared off by or or a, a team that Houston is scared by. Uh, so I like them. Um, and I'm going to go for another team that has tournament experience with uh, UCLA, especially uh, Tiger Campbell. And, oh, yeah. And uh, Jaime Jaquez or yeah, Jaquez. Yeah, Jaquez. Yeah, Jaquez. Yeah. He's nasty. Shout out to the uh, double, double J, um, triple J, actually. He's a junior. Uh, yeah, with that tournament experience, uh, you know, with how, how they came up short last year, plus yeah. they're also uh, good on both offense and defense. And, you know, Mick Cronin, Mick Cronin looking great. Uh, I think they got all the attributes to make a run this year. Um, so my sneaky team is going to be a team that you just t- touched on, uh, TCU. Mm. Uh, TCU got destroyed by Kansas, but I really like this TCU team. Uh, they just light up this, the score offensively. And they're good. I think they're good enough on defense that if they just catch fire in these tournaments, that it might be hard to stop them. I, oh, I think yeah. That, I think that they're a sneaky Final Four pick if if they can get, like, Purdue in their bracket or something. Because, mm. uh, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Purdue. No, I think they're uh, fake as hell. Yeah. Uh, I think TCU can catch fire. And um, quick shout-out to a few other quick contenders. Um a lot of the other Big Ten teams like Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, all of them, they play a really tough conference. Uh, yeah. And they all kind of like um, 
reducing each other's record, but I think they're all superb picks. And Virginia, great defensive team. Yes. They got Clark. They got Clark, who's got the national championship experience. Mm-hmm. And of course, Tony Tony Bennett, uh, leading another great program. Yeah. Um, so let's move on. Um, who are the pretenders? So you're thinking about filling out your March Madness brackets, but you're not so sure about if you want to put these teams as your champion. Who would fit that category? Give me three teams, Chuck. So right off the bat, I'm going with um, Tennessee. Uh, they lost to Kentucky recently, like really, really bad. I think it was by 10. And then, um, yeah, it was Kentucky recently. They lost. They did beat Alabama, but they lost to a Missouri team at home by like and a Vanderbilt team. That was both unranked and I think under 500. So I don't know. I don't think those guys aren't going to go far. They do have a good team, but I just, if they can't light up the scoreboard and they dry out in the first half, it's very hard for them to come back in the second half, especially against a good defensive team. Um, another pretender, Kansas State, I think, isn't that all too good? Um, they have, I think they've beaten TCU. But I just don't think that they can um, hang on with like teams like Baylor or um, other teams in their conference. Um, another team, obviously Purdue, but another also team that is good. I'd say stay away from Texas. I just don't. I don't think Texas has a very good team either. Yeah, um, I'm going to start off by. Agreeing with Tennessee. Tennessee is currently the number five team in the nation. And they're pretty solid on defense, but they don't like you said, they they're gonna have to like lay up the scoreboard to yeah. compete with some of these teams, especially some of these defensive stalwarts as it gets like deeper into the tournament. Yeah, if, if Tennessee can't if Tennessee can't score, which which they they're not like a lead at it, then it's it's going to be a struggle. They could um they're definitely a prime uh, upset in upset contention to if they catch a 14 seed like Hofstra. Oh yeah, like, those teams could, play hard. They play hard. They, they could be in big trouble. Um, and then I'm going to go with a couple teams that are very poor on defense but great on offense. Starting with Baylor, I think Baylor will be a popular pick. They'll probably be a two or a three seed, and people will remember their national championship from a couple of years ago and think that it's reminiscent of the same team, but it's really not. I mean, no. yeah, they can score. They can score in bunches, but eighty um, fifth defense overall in in the country, and not a very experienced team. Not only a couple seniors on this team, um, and not a lot of continuity with this team, despite their recent tournament success. So, I don't like Baylor. I don't like Gonzaga this year. Me um, neither. Well, Gonzaga, Gonzaga's having one of its worst years. I mean, they're still a top twenty five team, but they're having one of their worst years in recent memory i mean they lost a home game to an unranked team in their conference and their defense isn't good they're 88th in the country Mm. um drew timmy obviously playing out of his mind of course and we know this offense can score but again weak competition and to be having that low of a defensive rating it it seems like a zag could be like a a 5 12 6 11 first round upset prime so don't don't pick them in your racket this year. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, let's see how these predictions go. I mean, very excited for these conference tournaments to start up and yes. to get some 
March Madness action. Because when April rolls around, it's going to be a long summer. Ugh, yeah. Then we just have baseball. Baseball and NBA. Well, we do have one thing in April that we like to talk about here. And that is the NFL draft. Mm. If you were here, if you were here, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, we went over our top 10 selections. So we're going to go into the middle part of the first round. So if your team is picking from 11 to 21, you're in luck today. We're going to break down who's picking at what pick and what players we think they're going to get. And let's start at number 11 with the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans were looking good to start the year, and then Tannehill got hurt, and then uh, it really started to fall down from there. Um, But with all the quarterbacks off the board in in our mocks, who do the Titans go at number 11? Interesting question. Now, I have them picking... Paris Johnson, tackle from Ohio State. Now, they pick him because I think – I don't know if Taylor Lewan's still under contract, but I just know that he's, like, injury-prone as all hell. Their line is definitely weak from the year before. So, I think they go with the best O-lineman, the best tackle available, and they pick Paris Johnson. I like the uh, position. Uh, Just going to pick a different player here. I have Tyler Steen ranked a little bit higher than Paris Johnson just because um, Paris Johnson, he's extremely athletic, but there's a couple things with his – he's got a little bit of raw ability. He's going to have to be coached up a little bit, whereas Tyler Steen, he, he's a great tackle but has the ability to play guard too, so he's flexible in that matter. So if Taylor Luan does decide to come back for another year, uh, can, yeah, Steen can immediately fit in on that line. Let's say they don't re-sign Nate Davis, then he could be a fill-in for that. Uh, but yeah, regardless, Luan's coming off a torn ACL. He's not going to be playing much longer, and they need blocking because they're a very run-heavy team. It's extremely important to get this down. Mm-hmm. So, uh, tackle for the Titans. Now, what about the Houston Texans? We mocked them a quarterback at number two, and I don't think there's a person on the planet who ha- didn't mock them a quarterback at two, but now they have the opportunity to pick a 12. So who do they get here? So for the Texans, I got them getting another wide receiver to pair him up with Bryce Young, as I said the last episode, because uh, they're going to, I think the Texans take Bryce Young at two. Um, and I think it's going to be Quentin Johnson from TCU. Uh, he's the f- biggest, most physical receiver in the draft. He's 6'4". Um, and he can run, uh, catch a deep ball, uh, has a great vertical. I think he's a good fit um, in that offense because they already have like a fast uh, slot guy and Mitchie, and he'll come back for the Texans. And I think Quentin Johnson will just be another weapon for him. And they'll have like a bunch of young guys on that offense. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this pick. I think the Texans need to pair a wide receiver with their new quarterback, with uh, yeah. Brandon Cooks looking like he's not a part of the future plans. Mm-mm. And, you know, Nico Collins, he is a big body, but he hasn't – he's shown flashes, but he doesn't seem like a corner franchise piece like a guy like Quentin Johnson could be who's got the frame build of Julio Jones and yeah. just 
he made so many plays for TCU this year. Um, he'd be a fantastic fit for the Texans, and in a in a division that doesn't defend the pass all that great, besides maybe Indianapolis, uh, it's a, it's a spot that Houston can exploit and you know be competitive right away next year. So I like to pick. Awesome. All right, the New York Jets at number thirteen. Obviously, so, they're oh, you got dumpster. it. Yeah. yeah, so Jets at thirteen, obviously dumpster fire at QB, uh, but they're probably going to go free agent there. So, what do they address instead? So, I think it's probably in. I think it's interchangeable between thirteen and eleven. Like whoever, I think they're both going to pick O line. So whoever it's best available O line. So the next best available O line on my list was your 11th pick for the Titans, Tyler Steen. I think the Jets, um, I don't think Makai Becton is, like, I don't think he's going to play. Hot take, I think Makai Becton is not going to play next season. He will get hurt again, and they will put this guy in over him. Or um, if, if And he's a tackle, right? Yeah, Tyler Steen's a, he's a tackle. Yeah, he's a tackle guard combo, but he'll he'll probably develop into a tackle long term. Yeah, so I think they're going to go with him um, just to strengthen the O-line. Yeah, I mean, we I fill out this mock. You, we just have 11 and 13 alternated. I got mm-hmm. Paris Johnson here, and it will really – I guess we'll see in time who separates from who. I mean, there's a, lot, there's a couple other good offensive tackles in this draft that we'll get to. Yeah. Um, I think Paris Johnson is in the mold of what they wanted with Mekhi Beckton, a big body to protect the quarterback. But Beckton, you know, he's just he's, he can't hold himself up with that big body. Uh, Paris Johnson, on the other hand, is extremely athletic. And he just gotta get he just gotta get developed with his uh, his strength. Uh, he, you know, as long as he works on his bench press, you know, he, he seems like a, a decent guy, someone who has a good work ethic. I think he'll work out to it. And yeah, the Jets the Jets absolutely need to protect whoever they're bringing in as a new quarterback. And if they do that, they could go very far this year. I like that. New England Patriots. Uh, not used to picking this low in the draft. Usually, uh, two of the last three years, they've had to pick within the top 20. Um, they got a lot of need, but where do they address? Now, I I don't know why. I was thinking they, do, they pick a wide receiver, but I like went into the mind of, you know, a Bill Belichick organization or a Patriots organization. And I don't think they make that mistake again, like they did with Nikhil Harry. So I think they go best available defensive back. And I think it's going to be Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon corner. Um, Devin McCourty's getting old. Um, I forgot who else. Um, uh, What's his name? CJ Jackson's coming off an injury. I think they need another playmaker on the back end for that defense. And Bill Belichick, defensive-oriented guy, defensive-oriented um, organization. And I think they go best available DB. Yeah, I think DB is a strong possibility with how deep the DBs are in the middle of this round, which I'll address pretty quickly. Uh, but I think they do go wide receiver here. You know, with Jacoby Myers entering the free agent market, and he's by no means like a number one receiver, but he might be the best receiver in his free agent class because of how weak the wide receiver class is. So he might get more money than the Patriots are willing to pay him. Patriots will have a glaring hole at receiver, 
where the top guys will be like Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. And those guys will be free agents pretty soon after anyway. I think they want to just go for it again. Try nail down one of these young receivers. And uh, Jordan Addison at USC, extremely athletic, had another really good year. And he'll be a great weapon for Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones needs more of that. Mm-hmm. And if it's Bailey Zapp, if they throw in Bailey Zapp, he'll need that too. I think the Patriots, uh, with the development of their rookie corners from last year, maybe they wait a little bit for that Devin McCourty replacement. Uh, I think the Patriots can scheme up more in defense, but they need some talent on yeah. offense. Yeah. So that's why I like Jordan Addison there. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Mm. There's a lot of questions. Or there's way more questions about the Packers than their NFL draft. But they do pick at 15. So they got an opportunity to get um, a dynamic playmaker. But who will it be? Um, I'm thinking the Packers here. Now, interesting fact, the Packers haven't picked a skill position in the first round. That wasn't a quarterback since 2002. And I forget the name of the player, but he, I think he was a wide receiver. And I think this year they break that streak. Um, I think they need off the bat uh, a talented wide receiver that can secure catches and make plays um, and, and is like a security blanket for um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Love. So mm-hmm. I think they draft a tight end that can also block dominantly. And I think the best of tight end available is Michael Meyer out of Notre Dame. I think the Packers draft him. He can block really well. That's going to set up a run game for Jordan for Jordan Love to be safe. And then also a pass threat that can almost catch any ball in the in the radius uh, of this player. So I'm thinking Michael Meyer, Packers. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that a tight end is a need for the Packers. Uh, I can't really diff, differ who is who's the better tight end between him and Dalton Kincaid. It's a, it's a close it's a toss up here. Yeah, but I'm actually going to go a little bit different. Um, the Packers have a need at right tackle, but also their their all pro left tackle David Bakhtiari has been struggling with injuries lately. He might be heading down the same path as Taylor Luan. So as a bit of insurance, the Packers get one of the get the best offensive tackle remaining, Roger mm-hmm. Jones out of Georgia, who you know obviously led his team to a national championship, blocking for. Stetson Bennett, so he's got that pedigree. Uh, and I think the Packers could always address tight end in free agency or get a second-round guy. Facts. Okay, so we're heading to number 16, the Washington Communists. Who do they go with? So the Communists, I think, now that they hired the enemy, um, I think who's ever playing um, quarterback needs someone to block for them if they're going to want to run, um, you know, double double moves or whatever or um, other playbook things that he's going to take from Andy Reid. So they're going to need someone to block and give him time. I think they're going to take best available uh, tackle. That would be um, Cyrus uh, Os- Osiris, Osiris Torrance, uh, yeah. tackle from Florida. And I just think that he dominated in the senior bowl and that film's going to carry over. And I think they picked him because he's the best available tackle. Yeah. Uh, that's not the only need for the commanders. They also need corner. And this, in my mock, the there's, there haven't been any corners taken. So they get their pick of whoever they want. So 
So I have him. This is my spot for Christian Gonzalez here. William Jackson, ever since he's been signed to the Commanders, has been just an absolute bust of a signing. Uh, they couldn't. That was their biggest weakness. They couldn't stop the pass all year. They fixed that need and um, get themselves a corner to develop. All right. Um, like the Steelers, the Steelers always draft pretty well. Um, they get the number 17 pick this year. Who do you got? Um, so I think they also get best lineman available blocking for Kenny Pickett. Cause we know like that O line this year wasn't the best O line. Um, so I think they go with, uh, who you already said, Broderick Jones out of Georgia for offensive mm-hmm. tackle, the Steelers. Chuck, here's my pick for the sexiest pick of my mock. Mm. Joey Porter Jr. to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a match. Yeah. Where it all where it all started in 1998 when they, when they drafted Joey Porter. Now they get his um now they get his son at corner. I mean, I feel like just on name alone, this guy is destined to be successful. Mm-hmm. But the Steelers also do have a need. I mean, they have to get their uh, Joe Hayden replacement. Um, yeah, he's washed. Yeah, the Steelers are just were pretty bad overall against the pass. And um, I do think the Steelers need to protect themselves. But in my mock, the the three best tackles are – or four best tackles are off the board. And there's plenty of depth at corner. The Steelers get themselves a surefire stud and keep that defense rocking. Oh, yeah. Detroit Lions with their second pick of the draft. Uh, we both had them going – D lineman, I believe. Yeah. The first pick. Uh, yep. So who who do we got now? Oh, I had them. I had them picking a DB. But you. Mm-hmm. But this is interesting. So I'll say my pick right now. Um, I have the Lions taking Brian Branch, a safety from Alabama. Guy is six two, a fucking beast. Uh, fills a run game very well, and he can protect the the deep pass. Intangibles are through the roof. Um, I don't he he's starting right away on the lines if they draft him. They need DBs. Interesting. You had a did you have Devin Weberspoon right as as your pick? Yes. I actually so I interestingly enough have him falling to eighteen. Um, Let's which, go. Which continues to run on corners in this draft. This is the third corner in a row I have being drafted, but the the middle rounds are deep with corners, mm-hmm. and let, let's face it. Regardless of who goes here, the Lions, their biggest weakness was defending the pass. Yeah. Okuda was much better this year, but mm-hmm. nothing across from him. They need to fix that area if they want to mm-hmm. be in a play, uh, elite contender in the NFC. Yeah. They had no-name guys in the back end. Yeah. Um, we got three more teams to cover. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in a bit of free fall at the retirement of Tom Brady, but you know they, they get a chance to pick a stud at 19, who we got. So 19 right away, uh, I'm actually going to go with another DB, Eli Rax. Um, good press corner for uh, um, for Todd Bowles' defense and because, you know, he, I, he, likes, he loves to play press coverage. So this guy, Eli Ricks, he's got the intangibles to play that, and he's very aggressive. I, I actually like that insight of the press coverage uh, nod. Uh, I have him going with a different Alabama corner, Brian Branch. I just think he's the more talented player. Uh, and let's just go over the reason why they need corner. Uh, Jamel Dean is a free agent coming up, and aside from him, you know they've had injury problems at the position. 
and they're not going to win on offense this year. They might as well uh, go at it on defense. If if a, one of the quarterbacks does fall, though, out of the top 10, would not be surprised if they take one at this spot. I like that, too. All right. A little, uh, little AR-15. Yeah, that would, that would actually pretty, be pretty sexy. Not going to lie. I almost put him uh, out, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll, that, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the, the QB carousel and free agency, if, if, if that's a possibility. Um, number 20, the Seahawks, their second pick. Um, who you got? I got him picking uh, Kaylee Ringo. Um, he gives me Legion of Boom vibes. Uh, I don't think he had the best year, but I think he just has the intangibles to be a six foot defensive back that can fit at any position on their defense, whether it's across from uh, Tyreek Woolen or maybe at the slot corner, or maybe he's a strong safety. I think they can move him around anywhere, and they need DBs. Um, I'm not quite sure they need DBs uh, because uh, Michael Jackson, he, he, he uh, played pretty well as a rookie last year. Maybe they give him another chance, mm. but they, I, I know where they were really pitiful at was run defense. I already have him drafting Tyree Wilson, but he's more mm. of an edge guy. They draft Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle, nose tackle out of Michigan to plug up okay. that run game and really drill down that area. And, if they give the defense more of a chance, we all we already know the offense is clicking last year. Seahawks could perform better, possibly. Mazi. Um, yeah, South Michigan, unfortunately. <laughs> let's go number. Tw- let's go twenty-one to cap this off. The Los Angeles Chargers very disappointing to end the year, and unfortunately, they can't draft a head coach. So, who we got instead? Um, we got Chargers drafting Jackson Smith and Jigba. What's his name? Keenan Allen. He's he's getting old. He tears his hamstring or he uh, pulls his hamstring every other week. Um, I think they need a prolific wide receiver to carry Herbert's legacy. Um, so they're gonna do Jackson Smith and, and Jigba. I think third and best. I will uh, or second best available receiver. And or I third. will agree with you here. I think that the Chargers take Mozzie Smith if he doesn't get taken because they have to improve the run game. But if Keenan Allen gets cut. Then Smith and Jigba is a steal, honestly, at twenty-one. Yes, um, as long if he plays anything like he did two years ago, he'd be an excellent fit, another safety blanket for Justin Herbert, and a younger one that they can, they can have on a rookie contract. Beautiful. Yes, beautiful, Chuck, my man. We made it through another episode. Uh, once again, if you like this episode, please follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on YouTube on my channel, Shoop Sports with Chuck 